Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast, presented by Sleeper. It's Monday, October 11th, and today's show officially kicks off Season 3 on the Athletic Network, and for some of us, this is wild, our 17th consecutive NBA season of podcasting. It's been a while. Happy Thanksgiving to all our Canadian friends and family. I'm still J.E. Skeets alongside me, as always. There he is, Tass Mellis. Feels good to be into the basketball world again, right, guys? A lot of a lot less complaints, I think, coming our way. You know, we've had <laughs> we've had a lot of complaining about the non-basketball shows, mm. but uh, in the words of Rick Kamla, welcome in, basketball fans. <laughs> <laughs> we've also got the bass master himself, running back from a Top Shot Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey yo, hey yo. The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Last but not least, making the magic happen, it's No Dunk Super Producer JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Little housekeeping before we get into our season preview here. Shout out to the stream team. Give it up for the stream team joining us live on YouTube. Nice to see you all back. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment, share the show. I would really like... To see us hit 50,000 subs by Halloween. I think it's in play. Halloween? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, a couple sure. Weeks. 20 days. Perfect. Get to 50K. Let's do it, guys. Uh, go get your No Dunks merch. Yeah, we still got merch over at NoDunks.com. And don't you worry. We're in the lab cooking up some new things right now. But go check that out. Again, NoDunks.com. Don't be shy when it comes to asking your boys questions here, okay? Drop us an email, NoDunksAtTheAthletic.com. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Or TikTok <laughs> at No Dunks Inc. That's No Dunks I N C. And we also love when you sound off in the comments below the YouTube video. So uh, have at it. Let's get into it though. Let's fire up this NBA season preview by tackling some burning questions. As usual, this is going to be a five-part series. New questions and new shows all week long, guys. So make sure you've subscribed to No Dunks wherever you watch or listen. Lee, you got the first one, my man. You're going to get us started here. 2021-22 NBA season preview. We're starting with a biggie. Most valuable player, Lee. <laughs> and before you make your pick, yes. I did want to show you the odds, or at least a couple of days ago, from BetMGM. These are the odds right now. I'll show everybody here on YouTube. For MVP of this year, you got Luka as the favorite, followed by Embiid and Durant. Then you got Giannis, Curry, Lillard, LeBron, Jokic, Trae Young, Devin Booker. And it goes on and on and on. Um, but Lee, what's your gut say uh, for our first prediction here? Well, I'm going to go away from my gut and go with my head because the first name that popped in was Kevin Durant because I think he was basically on track last year to win it if it wasn't for COVID and injuries. So that was going to be my answer. But that's also a little boring. Of course, he's a really good chance to win it. So is Luka, so is Joel Embiid, so is Nikola Jokic, etc., etc. But all have solid cases. I'm actually going with a guy I think could cause an upset this season and I'm going with Trey Young. 
because wow. I wow. think, listen, his playoff run was what really swung me. It wasn't just one hot game in a series. It was out of three of the series, he was the best player in two of those. And ever since, really, when Nate McMillan took over last year, Trey's season improved dramatically. You remember the Hawks were bad, 14 and 20 under Lloyd Pierce, 27 and 11 under Nate McMillan. I think Nate didn't overthink it. He ran everything through Trey, and it figures he'll obviously do that again this season for a team that I expect to actually really improve as well. But here are the main three reasons why I think Trey Young is a legit shot. I'm not just like firing off a take first answer of the first show of the season. I actually think he's got a legit case, and this is why. The statistical reason, it's an offensive player's award. We know that, and he ticks mm-hmm. all those boxes. I think he can average 30-plus points. I think he can average 10-plus assists. He's got a very modern game as well. He shoots a lot of threes, but also scores in a variety of ways. He's got that little mid-ranger. He's got the floater. He's got the free throws. That may impact his scoring somewhat this season, but I don't think it's going to have a huge effect. I think he's going to still figure out other ways to score. The wins, and this is the one that I think can have a major impact for him specifically because... If you look at someone like Kevin Durant and Giannis, I don't think their team's wins necessarily strengthen their cases unless they're cracking that sort of 65 to 70 uh, bracket for wins. I think the Bucks and the Nets are going to win 55 games plus, and it's almost like, yeah, we expect that to happen. But okay. I think if the Hawks, and this is where, again, I think it's going to really help Trey's case, if they can crack 50 wins... I think that really strengthens his case because he's going to get a lot of the the praise and the plaudits there. If they can get anywhere close to that 55 wins, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Then I think it really gives him a a really good shot, more so than some of those other guys, as I say, that we expect it from. I think the Hawks as a team are going to improve because not necessarily from the guys they drafted, but from guys who we saw flashes of in the playoffs. Cam Reddish against the Bucs came out energized, ready to go. I think he's going to be good for them. And DeAndre Hunter, again, a little bit of a question mark about his, uh, you know, whether or not he can stay on the floor, but he was really good against the Knicks. I think, though, overall, if you look at that team with Bogdanovich and with Clint Capella there, uh, they're a good, solid team, but it all sort of flows through Trey. When he was on the floor last year in the playoffs, I thought the Hawks can beat anybody. When he was off the floor, it's like they just seemed to stagger a little bit there. So I think he's got that sort of impact on how the team performs. And then the, th- the third one, I think he's got the story behind him. I think he's got that star appeal. He's a legit must-watch guy this season. 19 games on national TV for the Hawks. That's the same amount they had the last two seasons combined. Okay, five are NBA TV. Okay, fine. Oh, but still, still it shows that Low he's got blow. the eyes of the league on him. And I think he's the perfect villain because think about those two series against the Knicks and the Sixers, especially apart from New York and Philadelphia fans. I think everyone else was kind of like pulling for Trey, you know, they were like, we love seeing this guy out there. I've made the Allen Iverson comparison before. I'm not saying he's Allen Iverson, but he's that small guy out there really punching above his weight. And he's not just living on the perimeter. He's inside getting contact. He's throwing his body around. He's doing all those little, those things that we think This guy shouldn't be able to do that in such a big man's game. So he talks the trash. He hits the big shots. He plays up to the fans. We saw him taking a bow in Madison Square Garden. He was shushing somewhat the fans there in Philadelphia. (laughs) Why do you say somewhat? (laughs) (laughs) Some some sort of controversy there. But he loves the spotlight. He's a star player. He can score the ball. His team should improve. The Hawks... If the Hawks are sort of, you know, around 500, obviously he's got no chance. But right. I don't expect that, that to be the case. I think I think most pundits have the Hawks. I've seen a lot of people putting the Hawks at the third team in the Eastern Conference. Like and, it's, and most people agree it's it's Milwaukee and Brooklyn in, in some sort of order one, two. And I see a lot of people having Atlanta in the third slot. So, I mean, that would 
speak yeah. to your chances uh, if, of him. If they can. I, I just feel that those sorts of things, again, sometimes with the MVP, it's like this guy came out of, not out of nowhere, but he really stepped up this season. Whereas, again, Kevin Durant, Giannis, they're fantastic players. Obviously, they're going to be mm-hmm. in that running. But they almost have to have like that super dominant season because people are kind of like, we expect it from them. So mm-hmm. anyway, 16 to 1. Give me Trey Young. I uh, I hope he can do it. Sure, there's some recency bias. Sure, I'm a bit of a homer here down yeah. in Atlanta. But I want him to win because I love watching him play. Okay. And uh, it'll be great to see. And okay, he was well, part of the NBA 75 campaign. He's yes. in those commercials right now with Magic Johnson saying, <laughs> if you saw sort of uh, behind the scenes footage, you got Magic Johnson saying to Trey Young, hey, I love what you did last year, man. Do it again. You did your thing, man. <laughs> hey, I uh, loved what you it. did. In particular, I loved the shooting, <laughs> the passing, the dribbling, the free throws, the three-pointers, the bowing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that is a... That's a that's a you know a long that's an shot. insane take. Is yeah. what you're saying that's plus sixteen hundred. I mean you're first going down take, the board here. Hot take. Trey <laughs> Young. It feels like somebody's angling for some seats down there at the yeah. fortress. If you're asking me, I was the same as Lee. My first instinct was Kevin Durant, and then I thought that would be an excellent pick. Kevin Durant. He's not even the favorite, <laughs> despite the fact maybe he should be. The guy's got a claim right there with Giannis as the best player in the league. Certainly amongst the best regular season players in the league. And as we saw in the playoffs last year, that guy can elevate his game whenever necessary. I call it the sandstorm game five. 48 minutes, 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists. Last year, Kevin Durant went for 27, 5, and 7 on 53% shooting and 45% from the field. I feel like we kind of take Kevin Durant for granted at this point. It's been seven seasons since he won an MVP, seven seasons since he won a scoring title. Obviously, he wasn't ever going to get the votes playing in Golden State, and maybe that could be the case in Brooklyn as well. But with Kyrie Irving (laughs) at best a halftime player right now, there is a little bit more room for Kevin Durant, and I think he's going to be in takeover mode, especially considering last season had an awesome season. Like you're saying, Lee, he was in the mix for MVP, but... Uh, It didn't happen. He went down with an injury eventually, but now he is coming off a season where he played with Team USA rather than rehabbing a serious injury. So he's been in basketball mode now for, what, 18 months? And I think that's really going to play out well this season. Give me Kevin Durant. Obviously, the Nets are still going to be a really good team, even if Kyrie's not playing every single game. The Nets are still going to challenge for the one seed in the Eastern Conference, you would think. And if you're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and you're one of the top three players in the league, that's a great case for MVP. Yeah, I think since 1985, only two MVPs have come from a team that finished worse than second in their conference during the regular season. So so even Lee, like the Hawks, let's say they finished third, you know, going to be maybe difficult for Trey Young to uh, ultimately win the award, even if the stats are there. Okay, so we got a Katie. We got a Trey Young. Tassie, where are you going? What's your MVP pick? Is it one of those two guys or somebody else? Well, I'll go, I'll go a little bit further down, actually, and it's a, a little bit bonkers because you guys said Trey Young is nuts. Sure, uh, it, it is a little crazy, but a guy with the exact same odds is the guy who won MVP last season. I think Nikola Jokic is the most underrated hmm. reigning MVP in NBA history. No one gives a crap about Nikola Jokic right now, and I think uh, he might get sort of the same votes as Yanis did. The guy who won before Jokic was a back-to-back MVP in Yanis Tetacumpo, and he, he might sort of have the same vibes. Jokic 
nobody, again, really cares, but he could easily put up the same numbers or better uh, because Jamal Murray, his number two, isn't around. And, and I think Jokic had that little uh, runway last year to experiment without those guys, like to, to not have Jamal Murray around. So he's used to it. Uh, that happened at the end of last year. And he was great at it. He was so good without play, without Jamal Murray. He was, he was so good. So he's had that. Uh, he's got the growth of Michael Porter Jr. coming right beside him. And it's, uh, it's not a sexy pick, no doubt. Uh, Trey Young is, is a sexier pick. Uh, you know, Durant's a sexier, Yanni's a sexier pick. But uh, Jokic is um, just kind of flying under the radar right now. So much so in the GM survey that happens every year. We'll get to a little bit later in the show. Mm-hmm. We've got a question about that. GM survey. 30 GMs sit down and they write, hmm, who's going to be the MVP this year? Not one picked Nikola Jokic, not a hmm. single vote. I think that's a little. That's pretty I, crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, maybe it's twenty nine voters. Yeah, it, 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 the guy, the guy just won. You know, not to. And again, the there's guy who won. There's been a lot won, of repeats lately too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of repeats. It, it is it is one of those situations where unless somebody overwhelms, like uh, sorry, unless no one overwhelms, then then Jokic is is the guy who can who can sort of fill the void. Like they, there can't be a, a great story. Like if Trey Young has a great year, then yeah, it, it could be him. But I, I think Jokic has to. Yeah, has to be better, and there can't be a there just can't be a great story from somebody else because you know maybe it's us who just wants a new story, but I think that plays into voters as well. So yeah, Jokic isn't the sexiest thing, but I think he is going to uh, he's going to be really, really, really great. And he's coming off a, a series where he got swept by the Phoenix Suns in round two. I, I think he'll be pretty motivated, and he was rested in the off season. His arm, baby, did he? Oh, that's right, yeah. Recent, mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going with it. Uh, I can't believe no one's taking Luka Doncic here. I gotta be honest. Now I'm worried. What does that say about Jason Kidd taking over the Dallas Mavericks? Is that is that uh, playing into uh, maybe your decision not to pick him, uh, Lily? Are we just overthinking him? I mean, he's the odds-on favorite, like I showed yeah. you. It makes sense. His numbers are insane. He's only another year into this league, despite being, of course, incredibly young still. And the Mavericks, you know, they've made some moves around the fringes. You're hoping Porzingis bounces back. Like, why couldn't they be a top three seed? Uh, in a very loaded West, don't get me wrong, but like, if they are, then then how does he not win it? I guess is what I'm getting. Yeah, at. that 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 is the big key though for me, and I just don't think Jason Kidd was the right coach for them. I don't think it's the right situation for him. And even if he does sort of just load up on Luca and say, all right, we're going to try to have you go off and 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 you know get that huge season and and put yourself in uh, in contention for MVP. If the Mavericks are sixth or seventh, then I just don't think he can win it from there. We know that Westbrook did that in his triple-double season, Mm -hmm. but I just don't think you're going to see that there. So I'm not all that high on the Mavericks in in the Western Conference. I don't think they're a top-four team. I think if everything was to break right for them, and that really comes down to Porzingis, how much he's improved this season, how much he's going to stay on the court, how impactful is he going to be when he plays. And we saw in the playoffs last season, he wasn't all that good. So that to me just feels like Luca's almost got too much still to carry of that team to get the wins needed. Um, and I, that's why I think that really affects his case. Even if he does have a fantastic, you know, potentially even a triple-double season himself there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not sure that the Mavericks are, are a better team than they were last season. My uh, official pick, I guess, we'll call it that. Uh, I'm going to go with Joel Embiid coming in second there. I think the narrative maybe is set up for him. It'd at least help him out with the incredible numbers that he puts up. I mean, he averaged 29, 10, and 3 last year. Shot 50% plus from the floor, like 37 from deep. Great at the line for a big guy. 
His issue is always, can he play enough games? That's all what it comes down to. Uh, he's never played more than 64 games, and in the last two years, he's played 51 games. So he needs to play a lot more than that to have a legit chance at this. And that was, what, he finished second still last year mm-hmm. in the MVP vote. So that's still great. But I'll go with him because of that whole Ben Simmons thing. He's not going to be there. He's not playing for the Sixers. We're just waiting on a trade at this point. Uh, and maybe if we start the season and he's and he's still technically a Sixer, but he isn't in uniform, but the Sixers get off to a hot start and it's all because of Embiid, then that's going to like, you know, get that little narrative going for him. Um, so I'll go Joel Embiid there coming in sort of like second, as I said, on the MVP odds. Does anybody have like a just a crazy sleeper pick tray? Like, is there anyone not even on that board that you're like, meh, throw a dart at it, put five bucks on this person. And it's like, you might cash out. Something insane could happen. Do you have anyone? Well, if Lee's picking Trey Young, I'm picking <laughs> Zach Levine for a shot in the okay. dark pick. He's way down there. I think he's like plus 6,600 uh, or maybe even plus 8,000. He's really, really low uh, on the odds. But obviously, the Bulls are the best preseason team in NBA history right now. Mm. That should translate to uh, the NBA season. <laughs> as it you always know, does. Yeah, yeah, as it always does. Well, I mean, actually, it does. Uh, it does. It certainly translates a little bit. And the Bulls are going to be improved. And, you know, people are going to say, oh, Zach Levine, you were the next Devin Booker. We didn't see that coming. Some of us did. Mm. Uh, Although sort of along the same lines, I guess. What about Donovan Mitchell for a real sleeper MVP pick? And the thinking is that the Jazz are just the number one team in the league uh, because of continuity. I mean, they just run back the exact same team. We know they're a great regular season team. Things happen in the playoffs uh, that, that are the issues. But, you know, his numbers are amazing. If they run away with the number one seed in the in the league by a couple of games, he's going to get some votes if he uh, plays enough. So that's just a that's but they, a had deep, deep they had it last year. They had it last year, and he was nowhere close. He got injured though at the end of the year. Mm. Uh, I think he missed like fifteen or sixteen games near the end. He'd have to be healthy for the whole thing. But he's like he's like a he could be a twenty-seven point per game scorer, twenty-eight point per game scorer. So he's going to be near the leaderboard there, sure. top of the leaderboard. Yeah. Anyone else, Tass? I like somebody from the Eastern Conference because I think. Uh, it is rare to pick somebody or to, to win the MVP if you're not a one, two, or, or three seed. You know, you, you have those rare occurrences like Russell Westbrook's triple-double year. Uh, but I think in the Eastern Conference, there's more likely for a team to, to jump up into those top three or four because there are so many good Western Conference teams. Like the Jazz were the number one seed, and they don't get mentioned at all last mm-hmm. year. And, and then you go down to the, to the Lakers, and the Warriors are still around, the Nuggets and the Suns. And the Mavs and the Blazers. There's lots of good teams there. But the EC can sneak in. And so Zach Levine's a good little dirty pick. Uh, No, no he's not. Giannis is the name that should have come up by now. Like, the guy won two MVPs, then he didn't win an MVP, but they won the championship. And somehow still under the radar, despite a 50-point clinching finals game. Giannis, three MVPs in four seasons? Is that possible? I mean, yeah. yeah. Especially now with, like, the weight of, like coming up short in the playoffs off his shoulders and yeah what he just did yeah uh i I think that's a reason he's he's high on the list there i'll show you one more time for everybody on youtube he's he's there you're probably right he should be like he should probably be the favorite yeah Mm, man i just like it's at least right it's like well what can he do more (laughs) i mean even if he has the exact same season is that enough at, at this point it probably should be at least in consideration so i can't wait to talk about the mvp table with you guys <laughs> oh yeah all season long. Oh, wow. that's why i put this question first because yeah, yeah. we're always joking about how early we get to mvp decision yeah. so why not just start our season previews uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> still got it. Come on. Yeah, way to go, JD. Still on your game. Okay, we'll move off MVP predictions. Well, of course, we'll uh, we'll get to like Rookie of the Year and Most Improved and all the award predictions uh, throughout the week here. We sort of sprinkle them uh, through the different shows. But our next question, I like this one. I think it's always a fun question. Trey, you can go first. The toughest team to predict. Um, what, which one have you been struggling when you're trying to figure out like where they might fall uh, in terms of standings? Well, there are three teams I think are actually going to be pretty tough to predict. Number one and number two are not anything really to do with on-court basketball. The Nets with Kyrie Irving, it's hard to tell exactly what they were, what's going to happen. People are pitching. Are they going to try and get the fifth seed this year so that Kyrie can play home games? <laughs> A crazy take, but fair enough. Um, also, the Philadelphia 76ers, we don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons at this point. We don't know who's going to be coming back in return. And, you know, if there's no Simmons and Joel Embiid gets injured, who knows what happens actually with the Sixers. But from a purely basketball standpoint, for me, it's the Warriors. Steph Curry's going to be awesome. That was my mom's pick for MVP this year. She said, "Who? it's got to be Steph Curry. Who else could it be? It could be other people, Mom. Nonetheless, <laughs> Steph led the league in scoring last year, 32 a game, 48 from the field, 42 from three. Finished third in MVP voting, only missed nine games. The Warriors' defense was awesome. Draymond really had things going. Andrew Wiggins was tuned in. They finished fifth overall, so you got a great Curry season, an excellent defense, and they finished eighth in the Western Conference at 39 and 33. So the question to me becomes... How do they not waste another absolute prime season from Steph Curry? But the answers to that all have their own questions. The first answer, you think, Clay Thompson's coming back. That's awesome. But when is he going to be back? Still don't know. And what is he going to look like mm-hmm. when he actually does? His skill set makes you think it's going to be fine because he's going to be able to shoot until he's 150 years old. He'll probably approximate what he was pre-injuries, but he's still coming off two serious injuries after that. The other answers are question marks because they're either old players like Andre Iguodala, Nemanja Bialica, Otto Porter, all guys who seem like good fits, but not guaranteed to be healthy, not guaranteed to be contributors uh, down the stretch. Or they're question marks because they're really young players. Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, really talented guys, but also not guaranteed to be contributors because they're 20 years old. I'm personally pretty bullish on the Warriors. Steph is Steph. Draymond is Draymond. I think Clay will be fine. If they're healthy, I think they're at least close to where they were last season, but it's pretty easy to see things going the other way, right? Like if Steph Curry picks up an injury, if he's out for 10 games, if Draymond is for some reason disengaged, if the young guys can't stay on the floor, if the old guys look really old, it could go the other way for the Warriors. I think they'll be good, but I'm not 100% convinced outside of Steph. Yeah, that's that's a great one. Uh, Lee, where do you go with this question? Toughest team to predict. Well, I had a couple as well, but I'm actually going with the New York Knicks uh, because they really had a fantastic regular season last year, 41 and 31. Looked good, had home court in that first round, but kind of got exposed by the Atlanta Hawks in that first round that the, the, the Knicks were just a good playoff team. Julius Randle, most improved player, really struggled in that series. And I'm just not sure they had a great offseason for the Knicks because, okay, Evan Fournier came in. He does address one of their issues, which was another guy who can actually sort of 
create and shoot and score for himself. But again, mm-hmm. how much are you sort of putting in Evan Fournier being able to turn this team from what happened to them in the playoffs into a much better team? They pick up Kemba Walker for nothing. Great on paper, but how many games is he going to play? He said part of the reason he wasn't playing back-to-backs there was because the Celtics management said, you're not doing it. He wanted to do it. Okay, well, we'll see this season. If Kemba plays 70 games, and that, I think, is a great pickup for the New York Knicks because he's still a young guy who can still impact the team. But if we only get 45 to 50 games out of Kemba, it's hard to see how that team can really get better than they were last season in the playoffs especially. But I think the real improvement and the real question mark comes from the health of Mitchell Robinson, their big center, because they really missed an interior presence at both ends of the floor in the playoffs last season, and he's still out now. They still don't have a timetable for when he's coming back, and he's had foot surgery as well, which is never a good sign for big men, especially, uh, you know, the Knicks who need someone. They just don't have, you know, Nerlens Noel, you know, serviceable big man backup, but not the sort of guy, again, who's going to be able to impact the team in the way that Mitchell Robinson potentially can. He can catch those oops. He can block shots. He can grab those rebounds. He's just a much more uh, impactful player than Nerlens Noel. And then for the Knicks, you know, uh, Tibbs did his usual. He kept loyal to his guys. He re-signed Derrick Rose. You know, Derrick Rose... As good as he was when he came over uh, from the Pistons last season, he was almost it was almost too good a signing. He was he was their second best player when he came over, which I just don't think is a great sign for the Knicks. He was probably their best player in that Hawks series in the playoffs too, uh, which you know again Rose respect to him. He, his career was basically over there for a point. It looked like he's really got himself back to stay on the court and be healthy and be good. But I just don't see him if he's your second best player. The Knicks being all that much better. Tibbs is trying to get them to shoot threes here in the preseason. Okay, great, but the preseason obviously doesn't really mean anything. So are they a better team than they were last season or are they just another good, solid, regular season team? But really, are they much better? And Are they any closer to contending for a championship this season than they were last season? I lean towards them, no. And I lean towards, even though their defense was great again in the regular season, I just don't see that they took a big step in the offseason. What about too. their own young players developing a little bit more? RJ like Barrett. Barrett will be topping quickly. Yeah. I mean, RJ some- Barrett, I thought, was good against the Hawks. I thought uh, Toppin has shown some signs again in these preseason <laughs> clips we've seen that he, he looks more comfortable. But again, do they really vault that team up from, from fourth where they finished in the Eastern Conference last season? I'm not sure. But I also don't think they fall out of the playoffs. I think they sort of hover right. around that sort of sixth, fourth to sixth spot. But I think that you know, you look at them and you think they're not a legit contender right now. Solid. They're just playing old solidly. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, it's a strange way. Maybe R.J. Barrett can raise their ceiling uh, a little bit, but you get Kemba Walker in place of Alfred Payton, you're laughing. I mean, that team is going to be at least as good as they were last year, I think. So it's it's Eastern Conference. There's you know, we'll get to Trey's Bulls, but there's some uh, some fighters in there. We'll get some mm-hmm. scrappers in there. Some Raptor talk for sure. What about you then, <laughs> Tass? Which team do you uh, you know you're struggling to figure out here in the preseason? Well, yeah, Trey, I mentioned a couple unprecedented scenarios here. We're talking about a guy in Kyrie Irving who might not play home games. What? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I I think things will will change. I like to rely on history as my guide. And Kyrie said last year, I'm not talking to the media. Eventually, he talked to the media. Right now, he says he's not getting vaccinated, but we'll see what happens. I, I think that is obviously ridiculously, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to sort of figure out, but the Nets are going to be 
fine. They're going to be totally fine. It's it's crazy to think that Kevin Durant, MVP candidate, played less than half the season last year. Harden played around half the season. Kyrie played a little more than half the season. And they were the second seed. Mm-hmm. And their team is way better than it was last year in terms of supporting parts. You got guys like Patty Mills that can fit in. Javon Carter can fit in right there. You got a full season of Blake and Lamarcus Aldridge and Paul Millsap. They're going to be good. And, and it's so crazy to think that a guy like Kyrie can step away and they're still going to be that freaking good. They're going to be up there one, two. But I want to go, you know, with that Ben Simmons uh, chatter because yeah, they are they are the reigning one seed in the Eastern Conference. But it sure doesn't feel that way. Not only because Ben isn't around, but uh, we're just we're just not talking about this Sixers team and Joel Embiid, who was an MVP candidate last year. Uh, I guess because all the air is is filled by the Simmons talk, and mm-hmm. that's the only thing that's been happening the last couple months in terms of uh, NBA chatter, I, I, mostly anyways. You know, we get on uh, get on our slacks, we get on the athletic slack. What's happening in the NBA? Simmons trade talk. What's <laughs> happening in the NBA tomorrow? Simmons trade talk. And it hasn't happened yet, but I think uh, it will happen soon because, because the unprecedented scenario, you see that one in Brooklyn, you see this one in, with Simmons, he's getting docked pay for each game that he's missing. And that doesn't necessarily mean Philly's going to trade him anytime soon, but I think it's, it's, it just can't last for months, I don't think. I don't think The Athletic is going to be updating it every single day from now until February. I think it's just, it has to happen. And, and it's not going to be for a superstar. Lillard is not going anywhere after that chatter in the offseason that he wasn't happy. Uh, Bradley Beal's not ready to go yet, uh, maybe at some point later on. Uh, I'm I'm hot on this Malcolm Brogdon rumor. I'm super hot on it. Uh, he is, you know, uh, obviously a tier below those guys. And I'm a, I'm a Malcolm Brogdon lover. And I'm one of those uh, people that that recognize that Malcolm Brogdon is never really going to be talked about. So he needs some more he needs some more chatter behind him. He's a very very solid guy. Um, and he's not Ben Simmons in a lot of ways defensively or able to finish at the rim, but he is also, unlike Ben Simmons, that he's willing to take big shots. And so him with Joel Embiid would be fantastic. And, and I think they make a move at some point soon because they just have so much weakness at the guard position. With Ben Simmons out, you're going to rely on a young guy in Tyrese Maxey. Uh, you, you might rely on Shake Milton. Or, or you're relying on, on guys like Seth Curry and, and Danny Green and, and Tobias Harris to, to handle the ball a lot. So I just, they go from you know, first in the East, they could be up there if they get a Malcolm Brogdon in there, down to like sixth. Uh, you know, the, the team mm-hmm. that we saw two years ago without Ben Simmons in the playoffs where Joel Embiid was trying uh, to carry his team. So they have a weakness that they, they got to fill at some point. And the latest, uh, I guess, Ben Simmons news is that, hey, I'll go play in Sacramento. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, I'll play for the Kings. Careful what you wish for there, baby Ah, boy. Well, yeah, so, uh, you know, a possibility. Could a trade happen there? Now, you wouldn't think Fox would be included, but there are rumors that they would do, like, one of their young... Like, a Buddy Heald and then one of their young guys, like, uh, you know, either Mitchell or or Halliburton. Yeah, and then they get Simmons to pair with Fox and go from there. So, yeah. Um, You're hoping... We're all hoping this happens sooner rather than later, uh, that Ben Mm -hmm. Simmons gets traded. Be it to Minnesota, be it to Sacramento, be it to Indiana. I guess the one that has been shot down is that Maury was asking for everything from the Blazers uh, in a McCollum-like deal. Uh, a lot of picks, and Portland said, "Oh no, no, it's too much, too much." We know you want to get rid of him, and this is the problem, right? Like, we know he's not even going to play for you, Maury. So, like, you're not getting everything from us. Uh, but 
maybe a team struggles out of the gate that has high hopes to make a playoffs or make a push and and then you get a, a little panicky and the Pacers rumor task a, a layer to that is well they got a new coach they got Rick Carlisle and their GM Kevin Pritchard is like you know at a certain point you're going to learn like oh maybe it wasn't the coach that was the issue it was uh maybe it's the team you have built here and so you get a little panicky as a GM if you think you're uh, you're sort of a, on your last chance here and you make a move like this and you swing for the fences so so we will see a team for me Trey I want to talk about your Bulls I think they're very difficult to figure out here cuz I'm I'm high on them on one hand you watch them in the preseason they look amazing they look like they're never going to lose a game they're going to set the Bulls record sorry MJ they're going to win 73 <laughs> games they're going to tie the Warriors um but then like you do wonder about how are they going to stop teams are they going to be able to because they made so many moves this offseason they wanted to improve on a, on a very disappointing 11th place finish last year and we got our own Hollinger at the Athletics saying ah, I don't know if they're improving on that because is there enough shooting to go around and then yeah can they stop guys when you're relying or you have to play a lot of minutes to like a Levine and a DeRozan and a Vucevic who are not uh, above average defenders I mean Levine's gotten better but those other two that's rough um, talk me, talk me through it. What's your thinking? You can play the home record all you want. Like, are they going to be top four? Are they going to be just in the play-in? Are they going to unfortunately be out of that again? What, what's your gut say, Trey? I saw Tom Ziller pitch the idea that they could be third in the Eastern Conference, which to me is a bit wow. of a stretch. Wow. My eyes are set on the sixth seed this year, Skeets. I think the yeah. defense is being... Um, people are worrying too much about the defense. They were fine last year. They finished 11th in defense. That's pretty good for a team that coming into last season, you think this is an offensive team as well. I don't like that Patrick Williams is out right now. That guy's uh, going to be key to them having sort of any defensive uh, resistance on that end of the floor. But I think they're going to be incredible on offense. I think the defense is going to be a little bit better than people are thinking because Lonzo can guard the ball and play in the passing lanes. Caruso can guard the ball. And that was a big problem for the Bulls last year is they always played a drop coverage, which was a problem because their guards got roasted mm. at the point of attack time and time again. So it was giving um, just basically a lane to the hoop, whether it was Vucevic or Wendell Carter before that. But I think they're going to be awesome on offense. And I think that that's going to carry them through the season for the most part, not to mention they lost so many close games last year because Zach Levine would carry the team for three quarters and then in the fourth quarter, he was a little bit gassed. I mean, he had an awesome season, his best season. He gets better every single year, but he didn't necessarily have the juice always in the fourth quarter. There was a lot of fall away jumpers. There was a lot of not being able to get to the lane, but I think between him having more help and getting more respect, I think he's going to get more calls when he goes inside. And I think uh, the Bulls are going to be a better clutch team uh, this season. Talk me through like the closing lineup for the Bulls, you think. Who's going to be out there? Who are they going to be the five if everybody's healthy? Who, who would you be playing if you're Donovan? I would be playing the starters uh, for the most part, Just unless Patrick Williams in. isn't shooting. Yeah, I mean, I, so Lonzo, Levine, I think those are locks. I think mm -hmm. Caruso or Williams will probably be the swing guy, depending on who's out there. DeRozan, likely, just because he's going to get to the free throw line. And Vucevic, because you got to play a big guy. It's yep. not going to be a lockdown lineup, but they're going to be able to score on everybody. The ball moves with this team, at least here in the preseason. And that's what they looked the best last year. Their best games were not Zach Levine going for 40 and, you know, shooting 40 times. They were having 30 assists. Unfortunately, that usually came against the bad teams. Uh, so we'll see what they can do against the elite teams this season. That was the problem last year was that anytime they were playing against a team that was over 500, it was going to be tough for the Bulls against an under 500 team. They were looking good. I don't know. Zach Levine missed a huge part 
of the biggest and toughest part of the season for the Bulls last year, and they won 31 games. So I was shocked to see that John Hollinger only had them a plus six this season. Yeah. After making a ton of changes uh, in the offseason, but ever since that piece dropped, I've been following John's tweets, and he seems to be a little intrigued by what the Chicago Bulls are doing here uh, before things get going. I think they're going to catch teams off guard, uh, just how good they are offensively. I think Lonzo has a big impact on that team. If he can hit that three consistently, I think that really helps because we saw last season in New Orleans, he would have games where it hit seven and then it goes none for the next game. So that I think is key because he's a good defensive player. He's a good uh, ball hander. He's got good court vision. So he's going to be on there a lot. And if he can, it just helps spread that floor and helps that offense. So uh, I think that was a good signing. But can he be consistent? That's a big question, I think, for him because that's what the, the Bulls really need from that position. We're going to take a break here in a second, but Tass, I also got to ask you, how many wins are the Raptors good for just returning to Canada <laughs> and, uh, and playing in their actual own gym? Uh, is a, is a, is a, they're a tough team to predict is what I'm getting at here for the Raps too, because I, I facilitate between uh, you know being one of still like the fourth or fifth best team in the East and then like completely being out of it. I, I you can talk me into to both of them, especially with the Siakam injury to start the season. But what's your gut say about the Raps? Yeah, yeah, that's a whole other wrench. Is that Pascal yeah. Siakam goes from uh, their best player last year now to number one injured, number two people you know putting Fred Van v- Van Vliet up on the. Uh, the sort of the pecking order there, uh, but yeah, like the uh, like the Bulls in the preseason, it feels good just to watch this team work, just to watch Scotty Barnes smile and facilitate <laughs> everywhere. The guy's got twenty assists or nineteen, depending on the websites you check, through three games. It's nearly seven assists a game for a forward like that who can obviously defend. This is a transition season, is where I'm going with my mm. answer. I- I'm okay with that. Um, but but to, to watch Fred and OG, who looks like a new player, and Siakam, uh, and, and then yeah, the, the the Barnes, Precious Achua mix, it's it's fine. They'll they'll they'll, they'll probably be in um, Adam Silver's office thanking him that he invented this play-in tournament. I think the Bulls are sort of in that okay. in that mix as well. That's that's. That's a good spot for the Raps. It's it's a it's a fine year to transition, and yeah, we saw what the Toronto Blue Jays did going from <laughs> Buffalo to Dunedin to Toronto. So many more wins. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, we're sort of joking sure. about it, but it's going to help their chances of winning more games, not playing in Tampa. Actually, and I guess they just got cleared for uh, full capacity too uh, at the Scotiabank Arena, so there will be a, a rocking crowd there. Yeah. Man, and they got to we... trade Dragish. That's the weird, well, yeah, weird wrench. You know, that's it's not. And with Siakam out, it's just not, we don't know what this team is quite yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we get a Bulls Raptors play in game, though, oh my goodness. Oh, we're going to break the internet if we have that. We'll just have to live stream that game, I think, is what we'll do. If we we get nearly that had it last season, didn't possible. we? That, that's what we were getting close to. Wasn't we were it? getting close. We we're yeah. getting very close. Okay, we got to take a break. We got so many questions still to get to, uh, but let's hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did the Whittler play, was he his DJ at his own wedding? No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. oh, He could have killed it, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not sure the 60 and 70-year-olds would have been digging his tune. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves when the bass drops. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true, yeah. Yeah, the 60 and 70-year-olds, they were pulling up in their rides, dropping the bass. So, yeah, maybe the Whittler, <laughs> maybe the Whittler could have pulled it off, yeah. All right, let's get to our next question here. Uh, it is the your your favorite under the radar off season move, uh, Tass. Where, where do you want to start? Well, I'll go to the Portland Trail Blazers because it's uh, they had an interesting off season because they, during the Olympics, my goodness, uh, it sure felt like Damian Lillard was leaving Portland, like he requested a trade, and then. You know, they, he walked that back, and, and the, the Blazers really had nowhere to go because of all the contracts they've got locked up. Uh, Dame is into his 30s, uh, and the team's just sort of middling. They're not really going anywhere in a really tough Western Conference. So what could they do with all those contracts on their books? Well, they made a decent trade. They did what they could, and they traded for Larry Nance Jr. Uh, from the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's a, he's a big guy um, that can play a little backup center and uh, the Blazers just needed to do something uh, around Dame. And I think this team that was the second best offense last year and the second worst defense, which which is crazy to think about, uh, will get a lot better with Larry Nance. And, and I know it's, it's, it's definitely under the radar and they have a starting lineup of Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, and Yusuf Nurkic. But I, I think Larry Nance is going to take away a lot of those minutes. They tried Derek Jones, Jones Jones last year, and that didn't work out. Uh, but Larry Nance um, could take some of those minutes that DJJ tried to to fill in last year as sort of a you know a, a glue guy on, in the starting lineup. So I could see Norman Powell going to the bench at times, or Larry Nance finishing games with Norman Powell off the floor. Uh, he's just he's just such a connector. You know, he's a great passer. He can shoot a little bit. He's late in his 20s, so he knows what he is. He, he's he's just a great team guy. So I think they did really really well to uh, to try and improve that defense. And, you know, maybe a healthier Nurkic can help. They have a better just defensive bench with guys like Cody Zeller uh, and, and Nance and, and even Tony Snell over Cantor and Mello. And, and Chauncey Billups probably more aggressive defensive coach than Terry Stutz. That's going to be interesting to watch. But, uh, you know, the bench is better. Anthony Simons looks good in the preseason. So I, I think Lillard has a good shot uh, on moving up in the Western Conference standings. But it's... I think there's a lot riding on Larry Nance's shoulders. I know that's a little dumb to say, but uh, him and Nurkic have got to be really, really good on the back line. And if they're not, they're just going to be bad again defensively. And, yeah. and then you're just, 
you're just an incredible offense with a, with a defense that can't win playoff series in the Western Conference. Yeah, they just need to be respectable on defense. They don't need to be like a top five defense. They just need to be around average. And then you pair it with what Lillard can bring to you offensively. You're right. Then they're going to be a much, much better team, especially in a playoff series. Okay, Larry Nance Jr. like that one. That one got a, you know, the, the, the pundits love that one, I felt like, of the offseason moves, um, despite being an under-the-radar name for sure in Larry. Lee, let's go to you next, though. What's your favorite? Uh, I'm playing home a card on uh, episode one here. I think Patty Mills to the Nets was just a perfect pickup for Brooklyn. Uh, you get a veteran at that stage of his career. He's on a two-year uh, deal, and he's got a second-year player option there. He's going to come off the bench and give the uh, Nets exactly what they need, and and especially with this Kyrie situation there. Patty may, may start in place of Kyrie. Who knows exactly what's going to happen there? But as we saw in the Olympics, Patty really stepped his game up and delivered that bronze medal for Australia, and uh, you just get a solid, reliable veteran who's going to go out there. He can hit those threes. He plays offense. Obviously, you know, he's not a fantastic defender, but when someone like James Harden and Kevin Durant, those guys sit in the offense, maybe doesn't flow as well. You've got Patty out there who you know can penetrate and score, hit those threes. And he's got that great uh, historical teammate there in LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, they can play a little bit of one-two together as they did in uh, Portland and San Antonio. So I think uh, when you look at Brooklyn, obviously a very top-heavy team. They've got three, you know, potential stars on that roster. But then when guys, and I expect guys like James Harden to sort of rest as well throughout the season, you've got Paddy Mills here. You can just slot in there to that starting lineup if you need it, and he can score. Otherwise, he's very, very good at playing that backup role. So I think for Brooklyn, that was a, a pretty good pickup. Uh, Trey, favorite under-the-radar offseason move? I also like a spur leaving his team. Give me Rudy Gay to the Jazz. I don't know if I would have known that Rudy Gay played four seasons in San Antonio, but while he did, he kind of turned himself into a small ball four. He was solid off the bench for the Spurs. 11 points, five rebounds last year. Shot 42% from the field, 38 from three. Not crazy numbers, but quality stuff off the bench as a big guy. And I really like that he's going to get the Jazz another look as a big. He's not a great defender, but he's been around long enough. He's mobile enough to help in a pinch. And the versatility he's going to bring to the Jazz is something that they really need. We saw against the Clippers in the playoffs last year, they just couldn't get to a small ball lineup that made any sort of sense. So their other other Rudy, Rudy Gobert, was out there having to chase some guards and cover on the perimeter, and it just wasn't necessarily working out for the Jazz come playoff time. I don't uh, I don't love the Hassan Whiteside signing uh, for the Jazz, so I imagine that Rudy Gay will be at least the small ball backup five uh, for the Jazz, and I think that will really help. I think he can also probably play alongside Rudy Gobert if those two ever need to see the floor together. The I would have to imagine the only Rudy-Rudy pairing in NBA history if that happens. I don't think Gobert is ever the problem for the Jazz, but he also isn't always the solution. They just need another style of play. And I think getting Rudy Gay for three years, about 18 million, that's a great deal for the Jazz, for a guy who's going to be super useful during the regular season and come playoff time. For my pick to this answer, you might remember that I was high on Josh Richardson when the Mavericks acquired him. I was like, yes, that's what they need. Three and D guy, pair him with Luka. He's going to be fantastic. Josh Richardson ended up being garbage uh, for the Mavericks, uh, so much so that they were like, well, let's just let's just try again. So I will try again with my Mavs and the under-the-radar offseason move. And I'll, take, I'll pick two guys, though. They swapped out Josh Richardson for basically Reggie Bullock, and then they signed Sterling Brown. And I like this in theory. It's more shooting, especially Brown. He shot 42% from three. 
uh, when he was with Houston on four attempts per game. That's really good. If he can keep that up, that's amazing. He's great at catch and shoot. That's what you want playing alongside Luka. Reggie Bullock, sort of same idea, bit of a shooter, little defense there. They can guard multiple positions, those two guys uh, being the size that they are. So I'll just run it back and say the Mavs getting Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown I like that. I, I like it in theory. Again, those are the type of guys in my mind that you want alongside Luca Lili when it comes to like trying to help your chances in, in winning a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie Bullock was great for the Knicks last season. Again, in the regular season, he didn't do quite yeah. as much in the playoffs there. Uh, and Sterling Brown as well. Yeah, another guy, sort of athletic guy. If he can, if that Houston stuff wasn't just like, you know, you're on a team that's a disaster here, so you're getting some shots, then it's not so good. But if he can actually prove to be productive... That's what Dallas really needs. So, yeah, uh, Reggie Bullock's a fascinating one, though, for me, because uh, I, I thought when the Knicks switched him on to Trey Young in the playoffs, I thought this could be what it, he could really have an impact here by being longer, a bit taller, a bit more aggressive, and Trey cooked him. So I'm not sure if he is as good a defender as uh, he looked in the regular season. But, you know, we'll see. The Mavericks had to make a few moves, and mm-hmm. they did. Now we just have to see it play out. Yeah, I think the Mavs, they're still looking for a star, though, right? I think the you know, these guys all fit in... Theoretically, three and D beside Luca. He he's the whole offense. But sometimes Luca just gets a little gas. You need another playmaker out there just to do something offensively. And so throughout the regular season, I think they'll be great. But he can just get worn down series after series after series. So I think they just they're. I'm sure they're looking for another superstar. I don't think they necessarily want to go into the season with uh, Reggie Bullock and Tim Hardaway and Dorian Finney-Smith as as the wings as the creators there. They just want somebody else. But uh, it's tough. Stuff you know, maybe they probably were looking at Kyle Lowry to, to try and make that work, but uh, maybe Frank Nielakina can be that guy. There's a cheap <laughs> little guy they got there. Probably won't happen, but uh, they're looking for a star in Dallas for sure. Well, what about Porzingis just turning into a star? <laughs> maybe Jay- they're, they're, they're banking on that. They're, yeah. they're hoping for it. Yeah. Well, you also mentioned mentioned the Dragic trade. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that is like Makes a sense. clear spot where you would want to see Goran Dragic is alongside his Slovenian teammate there in Dallas gives a little bit of help as a creator. Not that Dragic is in his prime right now, but certainly an upgrade as getting to the basket and creating for others over those other wings that the Mavs have. Maybe J-Kid takes them all out bowling and there's some serious chemistry that happens there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to a, a fun cue here. Uh, I'm going to pair them together. I know we've done in, uh, in previous years where we made these two questions, but this is just one question. The best slash worst New Jersey that we can uh, look forward to here. Now, not a lot of these I will say that we're going to show you, not confirmed. They're leaks, but most of the time the internet figures this out and they're pretty damn close. Conrad Burry told me there's going to be three classic edition uniforms, which we've already seen. Uh, that's the uh, Celtics, the Warriors, and the Knicks sort of like, uh, you know, celebrating the 75th anniversary and all that with like those old sort of timey uniforms. But then there's going to be, this is again from Conrad Burry, who knows this stuff, there's going to be 28 new City Edition uniforms coming. So Trey, we're showing a couple here, but do you have a favorite, a best or a worst uh, from some of the some of the ones we've seen leaked here? Well, I actually really do like what the Mavs got going on here. I feel like since Nike has taken over and they've been doing these city jerseys, the Mavericks have had some brutal ones. Remember the Mavs Mountain Dew ones that they had? Then they had the white and gold. I like this 
white and green they've got going on with the classic font. Everybody likes it when the Mavs bring back the green, but what I really love, Skeets and Tass, I appreciate you with the alley-oop. Jason Kidd's bowling shirt. Yep. Are you kidding me? Look at this collar. Incredible stuff. If you somehow haven't seen it, if you're watching the show, I know you have, you got to go check out Corked Bats on Twitter. K corked bats with a k there they did a thing where for every 25 likes <laughs> they made jason kidd's collar bigger and eventually this collar just took over the world <laughs> this is an incredible thing this is going to become like a memeable item of clothing to have like i've seen a lot of people wearing the dan flashes complicated patterns polo shirt <laughs> Right. This is what people are going to start wearing as an NBA meme. This picture is great. Also great was the back view of Jason Kidd wearing this. That is a Vin Diesel pose yeah. if I have ever seen it. Great sort of retro look uh, for the Mavs. And, I mean, the warm-up jacket is just hilarious. This, uh, this is what we look for from media days is a picture that's going to last for the entire season. So these two from Jason Kidd rocking the bowling look. Incredible stuff. So we know that coaches do not have to wear suits. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's going to continue, you know, from the pandemic. Maybe the one good thing to come from the pandemic. You don't have to wear a suit if you don't want to. Will kid we wearing those on the sidelines at, at, at any point? For <laughs> yeah. one game, he's got to. He has right? to yeah. for one game. Yeah, it'd be very very funny. Those those colors are insane. Uh, like like that first one looks photoshopped. That's the insane part to me, that they've just uh, somehow made it bigger. But nope, that's. <laughs> That's it, right? Uh, his, his, so face, his, his face helps as well, where he's kind of like, oh my God, look at this, what I have to wear. You know, like he, he's not smiling. It's not like he's like, oh, great. I'm going to be the guy who gets the photo taken here. He's like, ah, me, really? You know? <laughs> okay, well, Lee, Did what about Brian you? Brian Colangelo joined that front office. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Find yeah. a new slant, man. Sick Find college. a new slant. Well, it's a normal uh, color. The one I'm going with is is the Miami Heat because I feel we've seen this one before where they've kind of got like different letters from all the different yeah, jerseys. Yeah, the Cavs did it. The Ransom. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, and the Heat historically I think have had some of the best jerseys of all time, but they really missed out on this one because it looks like the the Ransom note there. Um, it, so you you're know, saying as the worst? Yes, yes. Yeah, I okay, just don't. Okay, I, good. I don't like that at all, and especially the two different tone or two different color numbers there as well on that uh, Jimmy Butler jersey there. So. Um, yeah, for me, it's like the Heat. You've had these, uh, you know, the the uh, Miami Vice Knight jerseys. You've always had those cool red jerseys. The white jerseys always look great as well. And this one's like, ah, uh, we finally have to have a bad one. And they've got one bad one there. So, yeah, don't like it. Don't want to see them wear that at all at uh, this season. I mean, the, the only one, one where they had to wear a color coordinated with the court was ugly to look at. The jerseys themselves weren't terrible. This is, I think, is actually just a bad jersey. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is weird, especially because most of the ones they've had recently, you're right, have been pretty good. Mm. Uh, what about you, Tass? A favorite or at least favorite uh, of these leaks? Well, yeah, I understand where Lee's going with the Heat uh, jersey there being ugly, but I think they're gonna sell, and I think that's kind of the point. You know, I think I think people are going to be on South Beach, especially with these uh, these mannequin type looks that they have with these jerseys. If you could put it up again, JD. You know, they, they really puff out the jerseys. These jerseys just look great because of the bod that's not there. Uh, <laughs> also, the imaginary bod. Yeah, yeah it looks, <laughs> looks really good. I think they're all really good. And I think if people might look at the yellow one for the Hawks. That's not their color palette. But, again, it's about them selling. So it's they already have a red. They already have a white. They already have a black. They have to, you know, they mm-hmm. have to look at their entire line. And they say, where can we 
fit in another color. I, I think that, you know, one, that one that flashed back for me was uh, when I saw that Hawks one was the heat gold jersey last year that they wore for a little bit uh, because mm-hmm. they won a championship. Um, right. But uh, I don't know. The Hawks one, it's, if you look at it as a bundle, if you're like our friend Larry Luke, who owns every single jersey, and you look at your closet and you see, I could add a yellow to this blend of, of jerseys. You know, I think it would fit in. So I think, honestly, I don't know. I can't, I can't complain about any of them, really. Well, yeah, Trey and I were saying that offline when we were, like, trying to, like, find the ones that have leaked. And we're like, you know, these are all decent. Like, this is apparently going to be the Wolves. A, a throwback, you know. If you don't think a J.R. Ryder looking at that jersey, I don't know what I can do for you. Um, but like all, a lot of these are of the throwback variety. I mean, the Hawks have worn, of course, like the Big Bird before. Mm-hmm. You got the Nets. Shout out to Kenny Anderson. The Bulls, of course. That's a classic, like young Jordan script. Yeah. And even prior to him, like the Cavs. You know, a lot of them are good. Uh, I, don't, I hate that Heat one. I think that's way too much. Um, but my favorite is this one, if it's uh, is true. The Sixers, like, sort of wild take on their old court. Uh, the Spectrum, I believe it was called. Uh, those colored panels down the side, that's what sort of was happening at center court. I, I just, I really like that. Uh, a unique, of course, sort of mm. uh, font there, too. Again, mm-hmm. throwback to uh, what they used to play on. So that's my favorite. And then this Grizzlies one that making the round. Very simple, not... Not much variation to what they sort of rock with now, but I like this deep blue. Um, yeah, they, they're all decent, Trey, for the most part, because they're throwbacks. <laughs> they're like a, a, they're a, a tweaked version of a throwback. It's a bit of a cosmic gumbo. You throw mm. every single jersey that a team has ever worn into a blender, hit pulse, and it comes out with mostly bangers. I would agree. It's like, you know, the Bulls one looks like a jersey that we've seen the Bulls wear before. But not exactly. Uh, same with the yeah. Nets. It's just a yeah. little bit of a twist on everything that you've seen. And I agree, Skeets. I think they all look pretty solid. I'm with you guys. I'm not crazy about the Miami one, but perhaps it'll look a little bit better when we actually uh, get to see it out on the court. Good and question here, here from yeah. Sammy Uono there. Uh, <laughs> 23 on the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> that's, of course, uh, that's not LeBron. No. And, and, I mean, Anthony Davis didn't take number 23. No. He stayed uh-uh. at number three. So uh, all that kerfuffle. A year ago, and it's like no one's twenty-three. So um, yeah, they missed that one. Uh, yeah, you know what? I just I, I totally forgotten about speaking about jersey numbers, and I just saw a video about Luka Doncic and why he chose seventy-seven because he couldn't get seven on the Mavs because Dwight Powell had it. Hmm. You know, that's just a weird hmm. thing to think back. <laughs> he goes to the Mavs. Dwight Powell has number seven. No, sir, you can't have number seven. I'll yeah, take 77 instead. That's just a weird one. Weird one. Uh, we've showed these before, too, and they leaked, uh, I guess, last year. But these are the three uh, yeah. heritage jerseys that uh, we know these are officially going to be being worn. The Knicks won, the Warriors, and the Celtics. All, all I think, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Again, they didn't... They didn't, they didn't butcher any of these, <laughs> which uh, over the last couple of years... Nike had some questionable city jerseys, but they've uh, tapped into this whole 75th anniversary, made it a little easier on themselves. All right, next question here. This is a fun one. Who's going to make their first all-star game? Who is going to make their first all-star game? Tass, have at it. This is a fun one. I think the best player in the league who hasn't made the all-star team is Ja Morant. Mm. No, no disrespect to uh, Jamal Murray, who's injured, won't be there. Darren Fox as well, who mm-hmm. hopefully the Kings are better and they snap this uh, league record, tied for the league record, 15 straight seasons without a, a playoff berth. But I think John Morant um, has something on Darren Fox, uh, which 
you know, is visible for the coaches who will vote him in. And that's just a solid team the last couple of years. You know, the, mm-hmm. the Kings have been out of the playoffs. Uh, the, the Grizzlies, two play-in tournament appearances in a row. And uh, I think that helps with coaches. And uh, it is going to be ridiculously tough for John Moran. As good as he is, even, even uh, despite his growth, I'm sure that will come here in year three. NBA players, they tend to grow you know, in year three a, a good bunch. But it's hard in the West. It's just so hard being a guard uh, with Steph, Dame, Luka, Chris Paul, Booker, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, but uh, I just I just feel like uh, you know he he is that good he is that respected and, and maybe he'll he'll sneak into a, sort of a wild card spot and maybe the Grizzlies are forgotten by fans a lot of the time but again two play in tournament appearances in a row that's that's a very very solid team and I think they get mm-hmm. better number one because Jaw is better and number two because Jaron Jackson Jr. wasn't there last year and. Uh, He's a, a big that's going to help a lot on that team. That team is just is just really solid up and down. Not a ton of sexy names on it, um, but uh, I think they're going to be uh, another step better, and, and hopefully they won't miss Jonas Valanciunas too much, but I think uh, they got enough in Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson and Steven Adams and De'Anthony Melton. They have, they have a bunch of dudes that, that will help Jaw get there. And again, I mentioned all those names that probably don't really turn the crank for anybody, but they keep winning. And uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to help help out there. What about you, Trey? First time All Star. Make your prediction. I was also a task on John Morant. I think he is the guy most likely to make the leap in the Western Conference. He's been trying to shoot some threes off the dribble uh, here in the preseason, which I think is an encouraging sign. And I'm also a big Jaron Jackson Jr. believer. So while it was weird uh, to move on from Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, I think this is a little bit of a bet on JJJ, and I think they're going to, Ja and Jaron are going to have nice chemistry on the pick and roll, and I think that Ja has a chance to to continue to surprise, I think. He, mm-hmm. I'm with you, Tassa. Like It feels like the Grizzlies always outperform expectations, so coming into this season after they traded a guy who you could have pitched as their MVP last year in JV... You're not expecting a ton from the Grizzlies. They seem like maybe a play-in team, but I wouldn't be surprised. The force of personality, the effort that John Morant plays with, uh, it's a highlight festival anytime he's able to stay on the court for three or four weeks at a time. So as long as he stays healthy and as long as that jumper continues to come around, I think he's the next up in the Western Conference. Lee, you're going to make it three for three? You going John Moran or you got somebody else? Uh, obviously, Jar's on my list. I'll go LaMelo Ball. I, I wonder if yeah. he can squeeze in in the Eastern Conference, especially in that guard position, because if you look at a couple of guards who I don't think will make it, it's Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. So I think both of those spots being open there yeah. gives the chance for LaMelo, but also on uh, merit alone. I think I think LaMelo Ball was so incredibly good last season, winning Rookie of the Year. Obviously, he got injured there and missed some time towards the end, but when he was playing, the shot wasn't too bad. You know, he's got the uh, passing, the team, improved a lot I think again he's going to take another leap this season so I think being in that conference on that team uh, he's probably already their best player and uh, if the if the Hornets get off to a good start I think LaMelo Ball could really put himself in contention there so I'd like to see uh, both of those guys make it because I think they're both exciting to watch and I really uh, I think LaMelo was much better than certainly I thought he was going to be in his first season and I expect uh, a sort of similar step up maybe even most improved Skeetsy for him uh, oh this season goodness. can that Second happen can you player? go from rookie of the year to most improved in the next season. I don't know. I don't know if that's like, you know, mathematically possible, is it? I mean, <laughs> nah. I like your thinking though. That's smart. That Kyrie and 
Simmons. That's you know basically. I, although did well, Simmons about, make it last year? No. Did he? Yes. Uh, get in there yeah. last year? Did he? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what yeah, he's he saying. He's him saying and Embiid. Co- yeah. Him and Embiid didn't play because they actually had the COVID protocols uh, of the oh, day of the game. Right. But um, right. Yes, Good so. call. But but yeah. Lee, uh, you mentioned those two guys that might not be there: Kyrie and Ben Simmons on the Eastern Conference team. If Trey Young wins MVP, can he come back to the All Star <laughs> oh, team? He's, uh, he wasn't lock- there last yeah, year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And you can lock him in for the All Star game. Taz, put a lock in game episode. One Trey Young is back to the All Star team this year. <laughs> it's a good I pick. Mean, if he's not in the All Star team, then my uh, my pick's going to be looking a little yeah. shady around that time of the year. I got to, you know what I got to do? I got to get in on. Uh, I got to, I got to contact my buddy Grish and see what sort of odds he'll give me for Trey Young. You know, he loves a good season long bet, <laughs> doesn't he? <laughs> he'll make a bet with you. That's for sure. Uh, I do have a little breaking non-news okay. uh, from Shams and Woj are both reporting the Philadelphia 76ers and Ben Simmons agent, Clutch Sports CEO Rich Paul have been working around the clock over the last few days on a resolution to have yes. the three-time All-Star return to Philadelphia. Oh, my God. Oh, he's, he's back! Oh, he's back. my God. He's back. <laughs> Moving house is the worst thing. He's just moved all his stuff out, and he's got to move it back in. Like, oh. oh, man. He's got, to, he's got to get his assistant to call the oh. movers to pick up Yeah, all but it's stuff. like, where do you want this? Oh. Do you want them in the same room? Nah, put it in a different room because I might still be being traded. But what if you're not? What if you're here for all Nah, season? this he's is all bullshit. This, they have to do this now to, like, help their chances of him being... Being traded, they're like, "Uh oh, we've gone too far. Now we got to pretend we're making up, and then he might come and play for us." And I know there's a lot of money to be like lost if he doesn't he's, play. Yeah, every uh, game he's come on. Yeah, three hundred eighty k every game, whatever it is. Some yeah, three sixty, I think. But yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll go back to the Western Conference for uh, who will make their first All Star game. Uh, it's three guards to me. I think you guys nailed it with the John Moran. I would have him at the sort of top of my list. Then De'Aaron Fox there would be next, but that just is totally dependent on if the Kings can just like be a respectable team. Like he's great. His numbers should be decent. Hopefully the three bounces back. He'll be in the mix. And then I have to point him out because it is our final season of the, one of the weirder bets we've ever made. Will Shea Gilgis Alexander be an (laughs) all-star? Trey and I made this bet. I guess now, three seasons ago, if we're counting this one, so two years ago, we said it had a window of like three years, so this is my last chance. I need Shea Gildas Alexander to make this team. Now, on one hand, I'd, I would like to say uh, the confidence I had in, in Shea Gildas Alexander was warranted. I mean, he's blossomed into an incredible player. Last year, he averaged 24, 6, and 5. His shooting splits were 50, 40, and 80. Now, he only played 35 games because they basically were like, oh, you're too good. We want to lose games and get high draft picks. Uh, how's your foot? Sore? Yeah, don't play. But the problem with this, and Trey's got to feel feel pretty good about it uh, winning this bet with me, is that the Thunder are just like, there's just no possible way they're going to be good enough. Yeah. yeah. Like, Shea could average 30 and 10, and uh, yeah. And they'd I'd, shut I'd, him I'd, down. I don't think. Yeah, they would shut him down, one, and then two, uh, they're probably going to be like near the bottom in the Western Conference. So just like not having the the W's there. So it's not looking good for your boy Skeetsy here, Lily, in, in this uh, SGA bet. Though, again, nah. I, he's, he's, I mean, if you've seen this guy, he's bulked it's up. Sam Preston's yeah. fault. Sam Preston's uh, fault, not Skeetsy's fault. Yeah. He is a great, mean, he's a great player. He's a great they player, but he's going to get uh, like double and triple teamed, I think, on this team yeah. too. So They okay, gave him the bag in the summer too. So yeah. they're, you know, he, because there was rumors about whether or not they would trade him because he was too good and getting more draft picks back. But man, Sam Preston's got the patience, man. Like every year feels like the same thing. It's like, oh, we, 
we we're just waiting and waiting and waiting to to start competing. So yeah, I, I think that's the biggest factor going against yeah. Gilgis Alexander. His I numbers, need him treated. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, get him to Ben Simmons. Trade him for Ben Simmons. Maybe that's the move there. there. Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's a good player, but I just I really can't see him cracking into it in the yeah. Western Conference, especially. Yeah, looks like I'm going to be losing that one. I do have a quick trivia question. You know, what's a mm. No Dunks podcast with yes. a trivia question? Can you name the five first-time All-Stars last year? Oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Zach Levine? Yeah. Correct. Uh, there's no more. Zion? Correct. DeMont? No, he was one before, wasn't he? I think. Sabonis? Three Julius more. Oh, Randall. Jail- no. uh, Jail- Julius Randall, correct. Jalen Trey- Brown. Jalen Brown, there you go, and one more. As the, it's the one that was like... I kept Mike saying Conley. Mike Conley. Uh, I kept saying yeah. he shouldn't make it because then he'll be always known as the greatest player to never make the All Star game. Yeah. But he made it because he was a replacement for uh, Booker, I think. Um, it was ten the year before that. That was like the the Trey, the Luca, the mm. Tatum, the Sabonis, the Bam. Like it goes on and on. I thought 10. Booker was Booker was a replacement for someone else. But that was the year. No, prior. I think he's been a two-time replacement player All Star. Yeah. Booker. Booker. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying Conley was a replacement for Booker. No, but. But was, was Booker replaced? Replace. Was it? Was oh, well, maybe it was. Oh. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, maybe. Oh. But Conley, I'm pretty sure, replaced Booker. Uh, he oh, was okay. a replacement for sure. I know that. Yeah. I don't know who actually, but maybe I thought it was Devin. Uh, yeah, five. Uh, so I-, I was looking it up. There's like, most of the time, there's like five or six, which is just seems, yeah. I don't know. It seems weird to me. It's like, always. I just always think there's only like one or two new All-Stars, but there's usually more than that. Uh, all right. We got a couple more questions here for part one of our NBA season preview series. But we got to take one more break. You gotta pay the bills, TK. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lee, have you ever broken into somebody's, uh, you know, backyard pool, taking a little late night dip because it was too hot? 
No, I don't think I have. Even I a public pool? You've never done that? I don't think I've broken oh, I've into one. That. No, no. I've always got a membership, so I just go in through the front door, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't think it's open at 2 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going swimming membership. at 2 in the morning. Well, um, that's the best time to go swimming. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. No, I don't, don't really have a, uh, okay. a swimming pool, you know. Uh, breaking in entering story for you. Wow, I stumped Lee Ellis. He doesn't have a story about that. We did it. <laughs> or he was the guy who broke in over the weekend and he just doesn't oh, want to get Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, trying to deflect a little bit there. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, a couple more questions here. Part one. This is a fun one. Uh, take a look at the schedule, guys. Which October game are you most excited for? Yeah, we're just sticking to October, first couple of weeks. Um, Lee, what do you got your eye on? Uh, I'm going to be down at the Fortress for the Hawks opener against the Dallas Mavericks uh, because I want to get down there. It was great down there in the playoffs last season and the Hawks don't have a great home season schedule to start the season, but their first game is a banger and I want to be there to watch it. So uh, I'll be heading down SRO, but I don't know if they do SRO if it's not the playoffs. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Standing but... regardless. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to buy a ticket, and I'm just going to go and stand in that spot and go through what we did uh, last year in the playoffs. Because, listen, Luca's only going to be here once, uh, unless, of course, they make the finals. Probably not going to happen. So right. I want to go and watch him in person. I want to see Trey. I want to get. I want to feel after making this prediction that Trey's going to win the MVP. I want him to have like a 35.15 assist game and hit eight threes and have everyone going, oh my God, maybe the Hawks are different this season and maybe they can do it. Because you want to feel it straight away, don't you? You want to ride that horse all the way. You don't want to be down the other end where you're like, oh, they got off to a stinker at home against the Mavericks. I really thought they could have won that game. So uh, it was great down there at the Hawks uh, last year's in the playoffs. They've got a legit star that you want to watch. So I'll probably be down there a few times this season. SRO, uh, come join yeah. me. Yeah, Jesus, man. I, you have the nerve to yell Homer when I even just bring up the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> You've talked about the Hawks for an hour on this podcast. It's great, and Most though, of the time, it? just about you know? going down to the arena. I know yeah. you love it. Uh, that yeah. is the first game of uh, TNT's doubleheader on that Thursday, too. That's correct, yes. So, so yes. Mavs, Hawks. <laughs> All right, Lee will be down there uh, at the Fortress. Uh, what about you, Trey? That's a great call. I'm actually pretty mad at the NBA for the way scheduling went down this year because the Bulls and the Knicks play on October 28th in Chicago. Could have easily been the return of the TNT Bulls. Oh, yeah. But it's a league pass game. Ah, oh, boom. Mm. Come on. We got two big markets that are going to be at least solid teams this year. They're going to be likely competing for seeding uh, when it all comes down to it at the end of the year. It's October 28th. Knicks at Bulls. I would have loved to have seen this on national TV, but no doubt I'll be checking in on League Pass. What about you, Tass? First, uh, you know, first month of games, I guess, first couple of weeks. Which one are you most excited for? Is it opening night? Thursday night, the Atlanta Hawks. They host the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, you're going on that one too, TNT. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going sitting room only. Ah, come on, Tassie. Come on down to the <laughs> Fortress. You can't sit at home for the first game of the season. No, come I'm on. getting a seat, baby. I'm not standing. He means he's sitting fortress. in the arena. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh. yeah. I'm going down. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll uh, I'll ask for a media pass, but you can't cheer there, can you, Lee? Yes. Well, yeah, I guess <laughs> you can. You no, that's anywhere. why don't don't get the media pass. Don't get the media pass. Then you sort of feel like you have to work. Just go and buy the ticket. Have a couple of Peronis in the standing room only section, Tassie. Put on a jersey. You have a great time. That's it's way more fun when you can actually get into it, isn't it? Of Are you gonna buy that yellow Hawks jersey? Uh I might. I might. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're usually like 160 bucks. 
bit steep if you ask me, but uh, maybe you got the, maybe they got the t-shirt option instead because oh, yeah. I do like that big. You love a jersey, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. They got yeah. some great. They got they got some great jerseys though. You don't have any of the new red, yellow, not yellow, red, black, or white ones, do you? No, I've no. got the old throwback Neek Pac-Man one, and I've got the the Kyle Corver, uh, you know, the Kyle Corver sort of symbol shirt, whatever that was, where just his <laughs> name on the back. And then I've got the Larry Luke, uh, the Threesers one, which is also a favourite. So I've got I've got a bit to choose from. I like to mix it up, but yeah, maybe but I do need that yellow. You're the one. biggest Hawks fan I know. Suddenly, you need to have a jersey at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, right. Tassie, I'm not letting you sit at home though. If you if you're watching the game, you're coming to the arena. Come on, first night. No. Then they've got like. Then they've got, they've, I can't remember exactly, but they've got like the Wizards and, you know, the Pacers or something like that afterwards. So, it's, you know, Luca, game one, that's what we want. Remember no, I, a couple I, of I years ago? I already got seats. I already got seats. Oh, oh, have you? Okay, great. Yeah, you want uh, <laughs> Yes, sure. See, that's why you don't have to buy Well, Lee, let me ask you, how do you feel about uh, the Fortress's uh, rules, or I guess uh, actually sort of non-rules yeah. when it comes to don't have to pr- uh, prove vaccination by any means here yeah. uh, in the state of Georgia. And I think they're just saying masks are optional too. Yeah. Don't love that. I don't okay. love that. That's fair. Uh, I'll be masked up. Um, okay. I think you do have to be masked up if you're sort of like, you know, in that like front row sort of seats, I believe. I think yeah, maybe, maybe that. Like you're that. close to the players. That's they're true. protecting yes. the players. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, uh, but look, I'm not afraid to wear a mask. I'll have the mask on. I'll be uh, just sort of... <laughs> As I have a little sip and of the Peronis down there, but uh, <laughs> I'll also be distancing. You know, I, I won't be. You know, I, I won't be sort of all over everybody anyway. There, but uh, <laughs> okay, good. you know, the Hawks. Right. I want to uh, see. Yeah, I just want to see what this Hawks team is because again, mm. they're they're buying in. Uh, this is a win now team. Like, are they yeah. going to make a deal? Because they they're just stacked, especially at the wing position. DeAndre DeAndre Hunter's back arguably their second best player while he was playing last year and then Cam Reddish who looks freaking great and then Kevin Herter and Bogdan Bogdanovich they're just they're a win now team but some would question if they uh, you know have win now capabilities uh, I'm, I'm, we could be know. overrating them as well I, I'm yeah. a little worried about the love the Hawks are getting yeah. here in the preseason I, I think maybe expectations have got cranked a little too high personally because uh, again a lot of the podcasts I've listened to people I've read everybody's everybody loves them they're a deep team they're obviously a talented team they, they made a great run last year uh, Nate McMillan he's there he's, he's locked up now but Ooh, I mean, I still think, like, I just put them, I, I matched them against a lot of these other teams in the Eastern Conference, be it, like, the Celtics, be it the Heat, you know, a couple teams we haven't talked about, and don't worry, we'll get to them as the week goes on here, but it's like, I'm not sure they're better than those teams, so, I mean, I, I think they're a playoff team, no doubt, they should be guaranteed if, as long as Trey Young is healthy, but I'm not sure about, like, challenging for one of the top spots in the Eastern Conference, I think that's going a little too far. Uh, but we'll, maybe I'll be proven wrong. But that's a good one. Luca only coming here once to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. You want to go down to the Fortress and watch the game. Uh, I'll, I'll keep this simple, though. I mean, the opening night schedule is a banger. Uh, these are these are two really entertaining games, you know, in theory on the schedule here. We've got Brooklyn in Milwaukee. So Kyrie will be playing, I guess, uh, for the Nets. <laughs> and then we have uh, the Warriors and Lakers as the nightcap there. And that's uh, on Tuesday, uh, October 19th. So that that's... Fantastic. But a part of me has always enjoyed, as a sicko, the Wednesday night uh, opening sort of slate of games. The real start to the season in a weird way to me because of what we do, trying to watch as many games as possible, trying to keep our eyes on as many teams as possible. That's when we get, like, what, 11 games on that Wednesday night? And you're like, oh, my God. You're like, 
it's usually like a little intimidating that first <laughs> night because you're just like, oh, I haven't wrapped my head around how to do this yet. You know, which games to watch? Where am I clicking over? You're, maybe you're on Twitter and like it's freaking out because everybody's commenting on the games. But it is a lot of fun, right, Lily? When you got. 11 yeah. games going, you know, four starting at seven, another four at eight, another four like later on three at night. So mm-hmm. that'll be, uh, that'll be fun. But it is a little, it's like a, I feel, I always oh, feel yeah. like I'm missing something. Yeah. You always feel like you're week. watching the wrong game. You're like, oh damn, it's going off over there. And then yeah. you switch and then you, you miss something in the other game. So yeah, it, it is a little tough, but it's that uh, deluge of basketball that we haven't had for a while. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's great fun. <laughs> <laughs> Deluge is also my favorite Winter Olympic sport. <laughs> Deluge. Uh, yeah, to bring it back to the Chicago Bears guys. Hey, when are the Bulls the in town, Trey? Do you know? <laughs> Trey, do you know, do you know when the Bulls are uh, making their first visit to Atlanta? Have you checked the sked for that? I don't look that far in advance, mate. <laughs> I live my life a day at a time. <laughs> a mile at a time. All right. Uh, I got a bonus question here as we wrap up uh, part one. Most surprising result from the NBA.com GM survey. Uh, shout out to our guy, John Schumann. Is Schumann in the uh, stream team here? Has anybody seen him? Mm-hmm, seen you know him, we're yeah. back. Uh, but he obviously does this. He, he, he like, uh, leads this over at NBA.com. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You get all the GMs asked all these questions about like questions we're tackling here in our series and like who would you like to start a franchise with and teams that are like overrated and blah, blah. Um, but was there anything from this one, Trey, that like, jumped off the page to you and you were like whoa that's a weird answer or weird omission what do you go with few little funny things uh lebron got votes for the best point guard small forward and yeah. power forward yeah sure okay. Giannis got votes as the best small forward power forward and center okay uh but the weirdest one to me is that kate cunningham was the locked in number one pick at the draft the no doubt number one pick but GMs voted Jalen Green most likely to win Rookie of the Year. Okay, fair enough. He's going to have the opportunity. But GMs also voted Evan Mobley the most likely to be the best player in five years. Hmm. So GMs who all agreed that Cade Cunningham should be the number one pick do not think he will be the best rookie, nor do they think he will be the best player in five years. He finished second in both votes, but it just seems very strange to me that they wouldn't pick him first for one of those two things right, right. after going first in the draft. He's probably going to win Rookie of the Year this yeah, year. I, yeah, from what I have seen, I'm, a, I'm all in on him. And, I mean, he's going to get the opportunity in Detroit. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the league, but that's yeah. fine as a rook. And, uh, yeah, that's a good one. I didn't catch that. That is a... It's a strange little quirk there. They're like hedging, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they yeah, got their yeah, bases covered. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. What about you, Tass? Anything? I, I definitely noticed that Evan Mobley thing, that they believe that he's going to be the best rook in five years. Now, the the actual numbers aren't that different. I think it's like Mobley 33% and then Cade Cunningham 30%. So it's not okay. crazy. But then after watching Evan Mobley play, uh, because uh, to me, I'm – you know, all of these guys, it's, it's all Greek to me if I couldn't speak Greek. Like, I don't know what these college players are. I mean, I, I just don't. So mm-hmm. uh, watching Cade play, man, he's good. Uh, Jalen Green saw him in summer league, man, he's good. Uh, Jalen Suggs, even Scotty Barnes, you know, I've, yep. I've got the, the hots for. But I never really had the hots for Evan Mobley's game until the preseason. Man, this guy's good. He is. Uh, he really is like a, a big man in a wing's body. He can handle left hand, right hand score pass obviously the the gms are thinking about his defense so he's going to be great now they picked last year 
um, uh, Jay's, James Wiseman as the guy who's going to be the best rookie in five years. So, mm. uh, you know, that doesn't look too good now. And maybe they, maybe they're, um, they're GM, so they, they kind of think about the defensive end of the floor, and Evan Mobley's going to be really, really good there. And maybe they're thinking James Wiseman the same same way. But, um, man, Evan Mobley is probably just that the the guy who's flying under the radar for everybody. I don't know if it's just me, but you know all the talks about the Jalens and the Cades uh, in, in the draft. So that guy is good. One other thing I noticed with the GM survey, the best international player not in the NBA, one guy who got a vote, Nikola Jovic. One letter different than Nikola Jokic. There's a guy out there named Nikola Jovic. Uh, he's an 18-year-old playing in Serbia. He's Serbian just like uh, his, other, his other guy, Nikola Jokic. But he's born in England and plays on a Serbian family. So I wonder, does he play like Nikola Jokic as well? Mm. Well, he's 6'10", but he's a wing. Yeah, he's probably a little bit more like... Uh, Evan Mobley, he's out there on the wing. He's a shooting guard, actually, so he's not like Evan Mobley, but he's a shooting guard and small forwards. So, Nikola Jovic, can't wait. I love letters. You just reminded me, Tass, when you were talking about Mobley and the Cavs there a little bit, to go back to the question about who will make their first All-Star game. Was it not you, Tass Mills? And I can't remember if it was on a podcast. I can't remember if it was in a WhatsApp chat. I can't remember if it was just mm. me and you talking. Mm. I recall you saying Ricky Rubio was going to be in the running as an all-star for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm not making this up, right? You did no. say that. Yeah. Said it, said it, typed it, but I'm over it. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not into that one anymore. Probably the right... Co- I mean, uh, he's not yeah, even going to be starting for them. I mean. You never know. I, I do think they are going to move on from Colin Sexton at some point, but... Okay. Yeah. They but need somebody to put the, the ball in the hole. and uh, they, they don't... You know, if Colin Sexton's not there, then that, that's what my thinking was, but... Yeah, I, I've uh, I've walked that one back. You've walked that one? Okay, I just wanted yeah. to, to make sure. I, I thought I remember you saying that. Uh, Lee, just to finish it off here, GM survey, did you have a look at it? Yes. Did you give Schumann a click? Um, what it, what jumped out at you? A couple of clicks. Uh, two things I saw. One of them was LeBron James is the uh, best passer in the league, tied with Nikola Jokic at 33%. So uh, down from 46% last year where LeBron was the overwhelming <laughs> best passer. So maybe he's not as good a passer anymore. But uh, funnily enough, Ja Morant came in fifth in the most athletic player in the mm-hmm. NBA. Fifth. I think he's a bit most athletic player. I mean, you've, we've seen him already in preseason throwing down like just dunk after dunk and highlight reel after highlight reel. Well, who was above him? Let's go through it. Zion was number one. Okay. okay. Fair enough. You know, he's athletic, but I don't think he's more athletic than Ja Morant. Well, but yeah, I mean, that's that, I guess it does come down to, you know, like interpretation of, you know, like what, what do you see as uh, <laughs> athletic? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Zach Levine yeah, was on there. It does. Okay, Zach. Zach Levine yeah. was fourth, sorry. Uh, okay. Giannis was number two. Yeah, he's athletic. Anthony Edwards, <laughs> number three. Yeah, he's athletic, but not more than John Moran, <laughs> I, wouldn't I wouldn't say. Wow, no Westbrook. No, no Westbrook. Wow, uh, Amadou Diallo received votes. So did LeBron, okay, Derek Jones Jr., yeah. Uh, yes. and Ben Simmons. So, uh, yeah, I just thought fifth for, for uh, John Moran. Come on. He's already just been... Uh, <laughs> Ah, oh, man, some of the stuff he can do, some of those lobs he can catch, I just think he's... 
super athletic. I think Zion's athletic, but not more right, so. Here, than here's Adam. a question for you, Lee. Who's yeah. the most athletic of us? Of us five? <laughs> what in our prime or these days? <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Our prime. Let's go. Our prime. Each wants you to say him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, just not me. To think about what he thinks. Yeah, not me anymore. Yeah. Not me anymore. Uh, right. Probably you, Skeeter. You're probably the most. Uh, you know, but, probably the fittest out of us. I would guess. Yeah, but then like this is the the funny part about this question. It's like I'm not the strongest. Not even close. Is yeah, that a huge different. part yeah. of athleticism? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no, I don't he, think so. He's I think it's John Morant. I think yeah. it's he's gonna, more, he's, gonna he's thinking it. speed, hops, yeah, speed, agility. Your ability, yeah, you're, exactly. Yeah. Versatility, your ability to sort of spin and catch in the air and all those sorts of things, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's what I think anyway. <laughs> okay. Like the guy who's... who's got, who spins the best in the league? <laughs> well, I think Morant. I think John Morant, you know. Oh, interesting. John you know, Wall? Still got a nice yeah. spin. Yeah. John Wall had a 360 spinning layup last year on the Rockets. Wow. That feels like that was forever ago. I remember yeah. it. It's, yeah. Wow. Where it's is nice he? Lineup. He's still there in Houston, isn't he? He asked for a trade, and uh, man, that's, that's a tough one for the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, he's still there. Yeah. He's still there. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll call it there. <laughs> Talking about athleticism is probably a good sign to start wrapping up part one of our season preview series. So all week long, uh, from here until Friday, we will be uh, asking other questions and answering other questions and making crazy predictions about the upcoming NBA season. So make sure you subscribe. I've already asked you a couple times. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us that five-star rating and review. It really helps us out. helps people find the show. We're obviously on Spotify and many other places. So wherever you subscribe, thank you so much. Back tomorrow with those questions. A few of them, I'm just going to tease you. Which star player will be traded? Uh, John I mean, I... I had yeah. I had the question as besides Ben Simmons, which star will be traded? But this breaking news now. I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe maybe we'll just get rid of that part of the question. Uh, who wins the Western Conference? We'll get into that. Our award prediction: Rookie of the Year. So a little more Cade talk, maybe a little Jalen talk. Mobley. We'll see. Lots to uh, to pick from. It feels like with that one. So that is on tomorrow Tuesday's part two of our NBA season preview. Keep sending in your questions. You can tweet at us at NoDunksInc. You can email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. You can leave them in the YouTube comments. Go grab your merch over at nodunks.com. Make sure you grab yourself a nice uh, hoodie or T-shirt or shorts or a mug. And and when you do, blast a gram and tag your boys in it. And we'll make sure to uh, share it with the rest of the world. But we'll call it there. Fun, long first show. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. While we were chatting here, guys, uh, I went back and I looked up topics of the day on the Athletics Slack channel. <laughs> so for the, over a month, every day for over a month, Ben Simmons <laughs> trade updates yep. were there for over a month. But now, tomorrow, what what is it going to be? Ben Simmons Ooh. stays updates? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Status update. Ben Simmons status update. Ben Simmons looking for a house update. Ben Simmons, can he buy his old house back update? Did he sell his, his no, old house? No, I don't think he sold it yet. So mm, oh, that's, that's okay. But, I thought uh, he moved out of it, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Out. Like, now he's yeah. like, where, where did he put it all that in storage? And it's like, all right, now you're going to just load up the U-Haul again. You know, like. He's got two of everything. <laughs> I still don't believe he's playing for the Sixers. Yeah. I don't. I, I, yeah, I, I think you're right. But maybe this is basically what the Sixers are saying, like, we can't trade you until you go out there and play. And so, and he's and he's down probably seven hundred grand right now. I think they've had two games, haven't they, Philly? So you, ima- like, you imagine he played though, and he like actively just tries to like shit the bed. <laughs> he's like throwing it out of bounds, dribbling off his foot on purpose, just glaring over at Moore. Not shooting, over. and yeah. You know. Oh well, that's nothing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
All right, we got to call it there. We will see you guys tomorrow. Brace the day, people.